Welcome to the We Rush In podcast, dedicated to exploring the physical and mental demands of being a first responder. I'm your host, Dan Gignard, and I'm a Canadian police officer with many years of experience as a use of force instructor and police supervisor and everyday patrol officer. I understand firsthand the importance of maintaining both physical and mental fitness while on the job. In this podcast, we will be talking to Canadian first responders from a variety of fields, police, fire, paramedics, and even military, as well as service providers who assist in the training and health of first responders. We'll hear about the challenges and triumphs of maintaining fitness, training, and overall health and wellness while on the job. We'll also learn valuable tips and inspiration on how to stay fit and healthy, both physically and mentally, while serving our communities as first responders. Whether you're a first responder yourself or just someone who wants to understand the unique challenges of this profession, this podcast is for you. So let's dive in and explore the world of first responders' health and wellness. Thank you for joining us and stay tuned. Good day, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the We Rush In podcast. I'm Dan Gignard, your host, a Canadian police officer with uh, just about 14 years of service uh, all over the place. Uh, today, I have Elena O'Connell on the show with me today. I'm very happy to have her on. Uh, she's a Canadian nurse with uh, 14 years plus of uh, experience. Uh, somewhere along the way on her journey, she came to realize that she needed to make some changes. From those changes, prompted her to help others do the same. Uh, to do with stress, sleep, anxiety, overthinking, and a, a myriad of other issues that uh, first responders and uh, sort of medical staff as well uh, run into. Uh, good day, Elena. Nice to right see on. you, Dan. Um, I guess tell us a little bit about yourself, and then we'll kind of get into what you're uh, what you're all about. So I've been a nurse for almost 14 years. I have a various backgrounds where I've worked from the hospital to the community. And I've also actually been quite a bit involved in the pandemic where I was part of the isolation hub for the government of Nunavut. And I also did vaccinations. So I was one of those nurses who was helping to hopefully stop the COVID process. But uh, here we are still in the COVID stages, but things are much better than they used to be. That's yeah, for sure. Yeah, they definitely improved a little. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And during this time, I think a lot of people went through a lot of hardship, right? With the COVID, the uncertainty, all the constant changes. And I was part of that as well. In end of 2019, I went through burnout and that hit really hard for me. So I actually went and I took time off from work. I was off work for over two months just to be able to gather myself in order to be able to cope at work. So that was a big changing time for me where I decided I've had enough. I can't do this anymore. Something's got to change because it wasn't working. So that's when I started kind of looking into things and looking into stress management because I always found I was super stressed and I was never really finishing the cycle of stress. I just kept mm -hmm. adding to it, kind of piling on top of itself for so many years. Right. And so after I got myself out of that, I started to look more into anxiety and sleep because sleep was a big, big problem for me, actually. 
for, I would say, probably 10 years at that point, I was struggling with sleep. I was on strong sleeping aids. I couldn't sleep even taking them. Sometimes I would wake up multiple times a night, tossing and turning, anxious about going into work and what would happen. So I know exactly how a lot of you guys feel being in the front lines, being a first responder, being a healthcare professional, because we go and give so much of ourselves and we go through a lot of struggles, right, in our careers. So that's why I decided to actually branch out and start my business to help others who are going through the same challenges. Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, definitely I, the, the sleep piece, um, it really didn't affect me that much at first. You know, like I could come home from a shift, even though I was on call for three more hours, my brain would, you know, just let me shut off. And I was always that way for years, like even as a kid. And then, yeah, somewhere around the five or six year mark of doing this job with the on-call and stuff, something just flipped and I couldn't, I, I at least had to wait till my on-call was over to go to sleep. It was the only way I could not be worried about the phone ringing so to speak uh and then yeah it was just off and on from there for the next you know almost 10 years same thing just kind of getting mediocre sleep at best and i probably still not getting really what the amount that i should or or good sleep right so something still needed to work on i think uh, i think everybody probably lots of people in our profession do need that so I think sleep is so essential because we are almost running in a negative sleep pattern, most of mm -hmm. us, right? Especially when we're working shift work and we're changing from days to nights, nights to evenings, nights to days, that constant shift and never really catching up on sleep is actually putting you into mm -hmm. a deprivation, right? And that's why for you, it started off small, right? but then it kind of cascaded with the yeah, time. And that's definitely what I noticed for sure. Yeah. And uh, now it doesn't take yeah. much to interrupt <laughs> my proper sleep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it's definitely a tough thing because sleep hygiene is really, really important. What you do before sleep is just as important as what you do when mm -hmm. you wake up and what you do throughout the day in order to be able to get a good rest. Yeah, sleep. and I've I listened to a, I must have been at least two or three hour podcast from Andrew Huberman. And they went into all the things that you could do to naturally help your body with sleep, like the early morning light and all that. And it's all great in practice when we talk about it. But it's really tricky sometimes for a shift worker to get that morning light at the right time when we're actually we're, we're just coming home from night shift and trying to get to bed right like it's so we're you kind of yeah. fighting an uphill battle right so you gotta rely on like artificial light and things like that to sort of mimic the right the schedule even though you're off schedule right like you're not yeah it's not normal for your human body to be working outside of our proper rhythms i guess if you will so yeah that's a big thing. When you are operating against the circadian rhythm, you're actually fighting yeah. mother nature, yeah. right? So, so that's, that's why we have such a hard time sleeping during the day, right? Because 
our circadian rhythm is trying to get us back into it. But because of our careers, we are not able to do that. So we have to adjust yeah, ourselves. Sure. Yeah. And I mean, like you said, sleep's, yeah. sleep's an important yeah. piece, but it's not the only piece. So, I mean, there's you know, stress management is a whole other gambit. Uh, and then I think some people don't realize um, how much they're stressed. Like they seem to be operating, so it's okay. And then suddenly they're not <laughs> okay. So yeah, I've definitely been there on that one. So. Yeah. so the big thing about stress management is a lot of the time, and I hear this from so many people, oh, I don't have enough time for it. I am too busy. I've got too many priorities in my life. Well, if you don't make time for it, it's never going to happen, right? That's number one. Number two, I think that if you actually practice different techniques throughout the day with stress management, it actually helps to make your day easier, right? It all starts in the morning. If you start your day on the right foot in the morning, it cascades throughout the day. And even though the stressors will come, which they always will, we're able to deal with them a little bit easier just because we set ourselves up in the mm -hmm. morning. And that's where the mindset piece comes in, right? If you are constantly thinking about negativity and how everything is going to be negative, that's going to almost attract that into your life as well. So it'll make the stress feel that much more imposing on your life makes sense yeah just uh having a get staying in that pattern and getting you know start the day off right so that we can maybe deal with the stresses that come a little bit better um and you almost go into the day expecting there to be something so i guess if you have the right mindset you're kind of prepared for it right like you just and that was the thing um the uncertainty that comes with policing at times because you can have a i don't know a friday night where it should be busy and it's not and then you come to work on a sunday and you just get walloped right like you just you know and then then you might have three shifts in a row that are like that and then now you're behind the, the eight ball on that so that's stress right it's just yeah it's definitely different right so yeah yeah so one of the things that's super simple that you can implement throughout the day is to take a minute, two minutes, three minutes and do mm -hmm. some breath work. When you start doing some breath work, it can actually help to take the stress down quite a bit. And it's something that you can do anywhere. You can do it in the car. You can do it in the office. You can go in the bathroom and take a couple minutes just for you. But it's Again, a simple technique, if you are doing the breathing called four, seven, eight, you're inhaling for four, you're holding for seven, and you're exhaling mm -hmm. for eight. The longer the exhale, the more effect it has on calming your central nervous system and acting, activating the vagus nerve, which in turn helps to take everything down for you. With your stress right. level. That makes sense. I've heard of this as well. And we do we do something, we don't count it out per se, but it's usually, uh, we call it box breathing or combat breathing. So after a high-risk situation, um, 
once we've gotten to the point where our subject is under control and we kind of have the situation where we're safe again, safe enough again, the idea is a big breath in, hold it for, you know, four or five seconds, big breath out. And you do that a few times just to gain that clarity and to break that tunnel vision, right? Because when you get into that fight or flight mechanism, you're not thinking and you're not. So that's a way to kind of bring that back to... We, we, we tend to forget to breathe when our body needs the oxygen the most. <laughs> so uh, there's definitely some training in the tactical yeah. world that it involves breathing and breath work. And I've, I've done some of it off-duty in the past to try and uh, break that those anxiety feelings and things that you get occasionally with life. And it does work. It does do the... It definitely helps. So I would uh, second your professional opinion on that one. So... Yeah, no, my favorite part about it is it's not complicated. It's easy. You can do it anywhere. And that's the thing. The easier something is to implement, the more likely you are to do it. Yeah. Right. And it was four, seven, eight. Is that what you said? Four, seven, eight. Four, seven, eight. Yes. And I know there's apps out there to help you with it too. Like they will help you, you know, it'll ding and chime and stuff so that you do it at the right time and maybe that's what some people need right some people need that that little prompt or that little piece of technology to help them get there so it's definitely definitely not a bad idea yeah the other thing that breathing does if you close your eyes and you're actually concentrating on your breath it's bringing you back into your body it's bringing you back into present right and that's able to shift you out of where you're situationally at. Yeah. Right? Keeping yourself stuck. Okay, this is still happening. No, now you're grounding yourself and you're bringing yourself back to yourself, which is yeah. so important. And I think that's even where that combat breathing comes in after a situation. You're bringing yourself back to like reality, I guess, back to yourself aware of what's going on. Yeah. Turning off the autopilot yeah. that sometimes happens yeah. when we get into those situations. So, yeah. Right on. For sure. Uh, yeah, so that's what do we cover off? That's a couple of the pillars uh, that help out with the overall, uh, I guess, repairing or at least minimizing the burnout. Uh, what what are some of the other things that we need to be thinking about? So anxiety, anxiety is something that we feel when we are constantly worried about the future. So anxiety is something that a lot of us experience. I personally had it and I didn't know for a long time that it was anxiety. And that's why I started learning about it because I thought, well, you know, I'm always worried about what's going to happen. What is this feeling, this uneasy feeling in your gut and your mind constantly thinking of scenarios that are going to happen in your day? And that's when I realized, yeah, yeah, you've got anxiety. So that's when I started looking into it and learning more about it. And there are so many ways to look at anxiety. One of the things that you can look at it as is when you're worried about the future, when they've done studies, there's been many studies. When you are worried about the future, 95% is not even going to happen. 95% will not happen. The 5% that's left over, that's possible 
that's going to happen, only 1% is going to be as bad as you had mm-hmm. imagined it. So now you're putting yourself through the phases of worrying about something when the likelihood is so low that you will actually experience it the way you thought. And the 4% that you will experience it, it's not even close to as intense as you thought right. it was going to be. Yeah. So I've always found looking at it that way has helped me kind of take a step back and say, is this actually something I should worry about and I should feel anxious about? Or should I take a step back and think that it's just my mind playing some mm-hmm. games, right? Because our minds, our brains are so powerful and they create a narrative that we are almost creating right. for ourselves, Right. So if we're always thinking, oh, something's going to happen, something's going to happen, something's going to happen, our brain is actually thinking and it's zooming in on what mm-hmm. is happening. I'm looking for something yeah. to happen. Yeah. And I, right? like, yeah. Because it's, it's yeah. the way it's trained. We're training our brain each yeah. and every single and day. And in, in my world, that almost becomes the necessity. Um, we're always looking to look ahead and to figure out what's going to happen before it happens. Right. Cause we're expected to make those, those uh, split second decisions with uh, minimal information. So we're always running scenarios in our head and it's a survival mechanism that helps us. But over the years, if you don't decompress or um, deal with them, you that hypervigilance is what we usually call it. It will, it'll carry on into your regular life. Uh, you need to find a way to like basically find a way to turn it off or at least turn it down when you're not at work. But what happens is, and this is more how it happened for me. Some people it's like one big incident that just triggers either like a PTSD type thing or even just a level of hypervigilance for a bit. For me, it was more of a cumulative thing. So little situations here and there, whatever I dealt with them. And then eventually it all builds up to where it takes less and less to feel that hypervigilance and anxiety. Uh, you know, like when you're young and you're starting your career and you're gung ho and you want to get out there, it feels like you're fearless and you just go in and you just deal with stuff and you don't. But if you don't take the time to process those things, they, they'll come back right like if you're if you don't do the work it's gonna it's gonna do it it's gonna come for you it's not gonna you gotta be you know i don't think that's the problem is we don't when we're young and we're into it we're just we're just doing it we want to live this career we're, we're doing it as best we can and we think it's awesome and whatever else and then somewhere along the way it starts to eat at you and you don't realize it and you minimize the little things like Oh, I don't have it that bad. You know, so-and-so got shot at. So-and-so got stabbed up. So-and-so has been in a million fights. I just had this one, you know, one, say, deceased person or something. So why is that triggering me? And then we're kind of prompted to be like, well, maybe I'll just ignore it. It'll go away, right? So, but we're doing a lot better job now, I think, or starting to. On the awareness, right? And the the killing of the stigma around it. Um, But I think if earlier on in our career, we start doing the things you're talking about, 
it will prevent us from getting to the point where there's permanent stuff that's that much harder to fix or work on. So I think we need to foster the idea of self-care earlier. Don't wait till you can't sleep at night. Don't wait till till your demons are keeping you up at night or you're having nightmares, right? Like deal with the burnout before the burnout happens. There's no reason you have to wait till you're burnt out to take those self-care steps, right? 100%, 100%. And that's why part of what I do is I always tell people, talk about your struggles. Everybody's affected in a different way. What I might find super stressful, you might not. And it would affect me so much harder than it would you, right? And vice versa. So we have to stop judging ourselves for when we feel something happening, when we're, you know, taking something more personally than we thought, more personally than other people. It doesn't matter. At the end of the day, how everybody else reacts is how their body is and how their mindset is. How you react and how you respond affects you. And if you don't take care of yourself, eventually you will spiral out and you will go into burnout or you will go into depression or you will go into, you know, many other things that could happen. And it all starts with you just simply acknowledging that you're struggling to process whatever happened, whatever event occurred, and don't feel ashamed Again, because everyone takes things differently, everybody processes things differently, but we need to take the time to actually process the emotions, process the way we feel, process the way it impacted us at that time. Because if we don't, we will just continue basically putting bubble wrap on ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Right? The more we experience, the more we will bubble wrap ourselves. The more layers, the more layers, the more layers until we're at the point where we can't yeah. move. Yeah, and then we're paralyzed so. to do anything at that point. And then yeah. often what that ends up leading to is uh, guys losing out on a life in the career that they wanted, right? Uh, I've had guests on that then had to do yeah. that, right? They got well enough to go back to work, but not back to work in this field. So they, lo- they lost that entire career, right? And a lot of them, it's guys yeah. that were from the old school, started in the old school when it was stigmatized and you felt, you felt like you weren't, you weren't enough of a, a, a police officer if you needed the help, right? They used to just either yeah. drink it away or push yeah. it down, you know, but if you don't take that break when your body needs it, your body will take it for you eventually, right? Yeah. 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 And I wanted to mention a couple of things about that. So one of the things I wanted to mention is if you are constantly in that fight or flight mode, right, your body is constantly going. You're not getting the proper rest. You're not actually fully engaged because you can't be as present and as vigilant because your brain is not operating at full capacity because you're not getting the proper rest. Now, what that's doing is putting yourself into burnout and it's actually making it easier for you to be effective with things here, there, everywhere. And it will start to seep into your personal life as well. 
So it's very important to speak to somebody, speak to your family, speak with your coworkers, speak with somebody who's available at your uh, facility, at your employer about that. But when you don't do it, it's, it's such a hard thing on your body that eventually you will just get sick. And you will notice a lot of times people will get sick over and over again. Or you'll notice that, and I know it's, it's a terrible thing to say, but people will get some kind of new diagnosis, some kind of new illness. And to be quite honest, most of the time it's manifested from our body's response. So what happens is when you are constantly in that fight or flight mode, your body is not strong enough to eliminate the pathogens, the the different cells that are multiplying all the time. It's not able to target the cancer cells that are constantly produced in our body. So you could end up having cancer or you could start mm-hmm. developing things like stomach issues, chest things. It doesn't matter what it is, but it can manifest in your body in different ways. And so that's why stress management is so important. It is so important to talk about it. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's not something people should be judging because we've all been there. Every single person, no matter what they say, they've been there. They've been stressed out. They haven't been able to cope with something at one point or another. And we need to stand together because I see it more now than ever. People are leaving their careers yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. to and go and I do something that's less stressful. It. I've considered it. Uh, right. Everybody has, I think, at some point. Because especially, like you said, I think the pandemic did a lot of that to people. Uh, there's a lot of uncertainty. Um, a lot of negative thoughts and comments going around and then just policing is not getting any easier so i think a lot of guys are finding other things to do um the problem is you could still find a way to get stressed doing just about anything right and you could take everything that you built up well in your policing career and if you don't work on it before you move on from your policing career it's just going to follow you to the next right your job might be a little less stressful but the damage is quite likely already done right you've already you still have to do that work and get well otherwise you'll i think you'll still have issues down the road i can't say for that for sure because i haven't really talked to anybody who's you know left and then had major issues continue for for a long time so be interesting to see I think it all comes to a point where what is that person choosing to do after they leave? If they go into a happier environment and they start giving themselves more time, more self-care, more actual peace exercise, whatever it may be that they need, then they could start reversing everything, right? As long as they keep doing the same thing and not changing their habits, not yeah. changing yeah. what they're and doing for themselves, I think for some people it's hard to get out of that cycle, and it's to the point where you may need some like proper medical intervention at first to get to get right before you can 
start working on the other stuff, right? Like if you've let yourself get that bad, right? You might need to speak to, you know, more than just a, yeah. a coach. Like you might need a, a legit doctor for a bit if you've let yourself get that, that bad, right? Um, it's not to say that you have to do that forever, but that's an issue. Like some guys are like, I, I'm not going to take medication. It could save their life, but they don't want to do it, right? They have that. I'm not, I'm not, I don't need it. I'm, I'm not that bad. So they don't take it, right? And then, then they find themselves getting worse and worse. So definitely um, seek the help and uh, take care of yourself, right? You only get one shot, one kick at the can. So you might, you might as well enjoy it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, I think the first step should always be acknowledgement. Right? As soon as you acknowledge that, yes, there's something I need to work on, that's your first step. And that will actually allow you to start working at fixing it. Yeah. Because you and can't I fix something that, that you don't know or don't acknowledge that is there. For me, it was just realizing like, okay, things are okay, but they're not great. And it's not going to get any better. So acknowledging that something has to change. And I think that was a huge turning point for me. So, and I think a lot of guys, that's where they were at. And some more so. Like some people, it was, they were ready to take their own life. But something clicked or changed. And they're like, no. I don't want to take my life, but I have to make a change so that I don't, right? So there's definitely people that have been on the, the deep end of the thing, you know? Yeah. And it's, it's been hard to see. I know we've had a few cops in Canada that did that. And I, my heart goes out to everyone, right? Because it's not just their families, mm -hmm. it's all their colleagues, their communities. It's everybody, everybody's affected. And that's why I think it's so important to talk to somebody. If you're feeling like that's where you are right now, talk to somebody. Reach out and say, I am not safe right yeah. now in and my own presence. Some of that too. I need um, help right there's now. Out of the States, there, I think it's uh, ex-military. It's an ex-military wife. She started this thing. Um, it's like the buddy check. So... A lot of the military guys, they all have guns and things like that. And it's basically just, if you think a guy, a friend is struggling, just ask, you know, and for them down there, it was like, well, they have, they have hunting rifles and things like that. So they'll literally ask, like, I know you're struggling right now. And sometimes it's not so much here in Canada, but um, sometimes they're actually worried about losing those firearms, like if they commit themselves to a hospital, they're actually worried about losing their right to have those items. So it's a buddy check system where you could check on your buddy, tell him, I know you're not doing well, but let's take these out of the house and let's store them for you somewhere safe until you can get some help. So even stuff like that, or just check on your friends. Like if, if you know your friends well enough, I mean, some people are pretty good at hiding the way they're feeling, but if, if something is off, just ask, right? Just 
do do your friend a solid and ask if he gets if he gets upset at you for asking oh well right like this what's the alternative there is something up and he was just waiting for someone to ask so that he could you know take that step to get the help or he or she sorry like yeah i think we need to do better on that and not be afraid to talk to our friends if we think something's up but uh hopefully we can keep working towards that Yeah, for sure. And that's why I think it's so important to create those open relationships, right? Where you can tell them something that's deeply private yeah. for you, and they can tell you mm -hmm. that as well. Right? It's about comfort level. And I think it's a good thing to do something like that at work as well, with people that are in the same environment, yeah. that and know exactly how you feel, that won't judge you. People right? are becoming a lot more frank about what they've struggled with in the past and okay. i think it's because we're slowly turning around the stigma and realizing that if we all talk about it together we can normalize it and then from there hopefully it doesn't get so bad that we need to do more than just sit down and and hash it out as a group right even just the act of talking about it putting it out there and owning it can become such a relief for you. Yeah, I agree. Maybe one of the things that they could do actually in the police force in nursing and paramedics and firefighting, it's have those meetings, maybe every couple months just to say, Hey, guys, we're just going to talk about our feelings, yeah. and open the floor up to how we may feel right. And it should be a non-judgmental zone and people should be able to voice how they feel. You know, you, if you don't feel you want to go into details, you yeah. could just say one of the calls yeah. that we were at, I felt like that affected me, right? You don't have to tell people everything you feel, but even opening that dialogue is a good way to start mm -hmm. clearing some of that pressure that yeah. you will feel yeah. in your body in from room, holding saying, on to all of all those things. You're not really giving up how you're feeling per se. You're just saying, man, yeah. that call was hard. Yeah. And leaving it at that, right? Like that's a start. And yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And sometimes even just saying that will let that person open up as well, right? And then you will get that dialogue going and you'll both feel that relief. Yeah. For from sure. having that conversation Absolutely. about something that um, both of you found what are hard. Some of the other things, like uh, yeah. you talked a little bit about mindset. Um, I think it's super important, even not even just to deal with stress and stuff. Like you in this job, you kind of have to have the right mindset, or you know, it'll swallow you whole, right? Yeah. So mm -hmm. I think a mindset is something that we all need to work on all the time. It's not something yeah. you can flip as a switch and say, I'm good now forever. <laughs> Life is great. <laughs> right? Because we see so much and it affects us. But one of the things that you can do is start your morning in a grateful place. 
which helps to support your mindset, which helps support you in that positivity. Because when you start your day in a positive way, it's going to continue in a more positive way, right? It's all correlated. That's why it's it's what I do, because I find without yeah, each piece, to, you, you wouldn't have everything else. They all flow into each other. Yeah, yeah. So just even taking one minute in the morning and say, hey, I'm grateful I woke up today. Mm -hmm. I'm grateful for mm -hmm. the food in my fridge. I'm grateful yeah. for my friends, yeah. for having a job, for a beautiful day outside, right? It's those simple little mm -hmm. things that can start your day off feeling like, okay, it's going to be good going to be good and today i'm going to go out there and i'm going to make a difference and i'm going to help people in yeah. their worst times yeah. and it's going to make me feel uh, good about I've my still, contribution I've been journaling regularly and i haven't right. been doing this part of it but what i had was doing at the beginning is even though even, no matter what i write in the journal whether it's a crappy yeah. day or whatever at the end i put down at least two or three things that i'm grateful for that day so you're kind of ending the day. I do it at, the, at night before I go to bed. So I kind of end the day on that. I'm grateful Good. for these things. And I, I have kind of slipped on that part of the practice lately. Yeah. Uh, there's been a lot going on. But uh, it actually makes a difference, I think. You just, even if okay. it's, even if you wrote the same thing every day for a week. So what, right? You're just, you're putting it out there. So um, this journal thing is new to me but I'm finding it helpful. So <laughs> yeah. 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 So. Yeah. 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 I was actually going to bring that up now that you bring it up. So here we go. You know, ending your day in a good note is also a great way to put your mind at ease, right? Because what you're doing is setting yourself up for a better sleep because you're actually going from negativity, stress, pressure into a grateful attitude. And when you're in a grateful state of mind, you cannot right. be in any other state, which is why it's actually so profound. So doing that at the end of your journaling practice is fantastic. I personally do it every single night. I have a gratitude journal. I write my, it's only three spots. I usually write five or six things because the more mm -hmm. things that we find yeah. to be grateful people, for, uh, the more we will have. Friends, but like old school people will think that right? stuff's wishy-washy. But when you think about it, like some of the great philosophers in the, in the world and some great, great writers, great, uh, some great military leaders, there's literally like they journaled. They, that was what they did. Um, that book that Matthew McConaughey wrote, the majority of that came out of all of his journaling. Um, it's a really good book, but it's, it's a lot of it is entries from his journals that he had been doing since he was like 18 years old. Um, so, I mean, successful people, it's something they do. Um, so if you want to set yourself up for success, the best thing you could do would be to, take yeah. a look at what some of the successful people in the world are doing and, and do it right. And partake in those same practices. Cause it's obviously working for them and they're doing something for a reason. So I think that that will help with the stigma when you realize like, it's not a sissy thing to do. 
there's big, strong, tough people that journal and write. And, you know, like it's, it's, it's more to help with, like you said, the mindset and that, that ability to just bring some positivity into your life, no matter how crappy your day was. Yeah. Yeah. And, and here's the thing. If you have a crappy day, right? If you come home, give yourself some space and actually just write it all out. It actually helps with the way you feel because when you're writing, it's taking everything out of your head and putting mm-hmm. it on paper. So you don't have to hold it in your head yeah. anymore. Well, it's like reconciling your day, it's right? Like it's a gonna, freeing yourself um, practice. One thing that I kind of learned a little bit about, not just to do a journal, yeah. but just, um, taking your feelings that you get and then just actually acknowledging that they're there. So I'm feeling anxious. Well, what does that feel like? Where do you feel it? What does it feel like? Do like some people say, like assign a color to that feeling and just picture it and feel it, feel it for a minute and then understand that it's just a feeling and it will pass. Right. Like, but just acknowledging that anxiety or acknowledging that anger or that you're upset about something instead of just pushing it away or pushing it down, just accepting that, okay, I'm kind of tired right now. And then you're done, right? Like that's just being fine with it. Yeah. And that's part of the whole flow of things, right? The more we start paying attention to how our body feels where we're holding the pressure, the the knots, the the tension, some pains, aches and pains can actually manifest as that from yeah, stress no, or from that. some kind so, of event that happened to 100%. you. Just gotta we gotta take better care of ourselves, that's all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Absolutely. We got to learn to let things go. That's um, the big one. Right on. Is there That's anything the else? Did we miss anything? I want to make sure we touch on all the uh, the pillars that seem to be helping people. Um, I've definitely been learning more and more about this stuff. Um, you're not definitely not the only person working on these pillars, but uh, I'm more than happy to have someone on to talk about it. So I'm pretty... I was pretty happy to have uh, the whole goal of this podcast was actually to interview. It's been a lot of cops, but I really wanted to interview a wide array, right? Um, of people. So if anybody's listening to this and you think you have a story to tell, I'd, I'd love to hear it. So um, I guess to finish things off, uh, tell us the name of your, uh, I don't know if you call it a consultancy or what you would call that, but uh, your business, where can we find you? Where can we hit you up? Uh, see what see what it's all about. So you can find me on LinkedIn. I'm also on Facebook and Instagram, Elena O'Connell. I also do have a website, and um, I do post every single day about different tri- tips and tricks and strategies to help you improve your life. Because you know what? It all starts with small changes. And that's where we need to look at. And 
My website is stressmindsetcoach.ca. So that's me. And then I, I also concentrate on having different habits because our habits is what creates our futures. So the more you start looking at your habits, the yeah, more you will actually yeah, start sure. seeing changes so in your what, life. What would be some of the habits, I guess, that are yeah. encouraged or, or do you mean just habits in general, like day-to-day -day life habits, like So there's two components to that. So day-to-day -day habits that you have. So things like you are going to brush your teeth, right? That's a habit and you do it twice a day. So it's a good habit, but a bad habit would be eating junk food, right? If you want to eliminate something in your life, you have to substitute it with something positive to be able to turn it around. So Oftentimes people want to break a bad habit like smoking, but they don't really have a clue of what they want to replace it with. So that's why they're not able to break that habit It's because they didn't actually put mm -hmm. the thought into it. What I'm going to do now that I'm not doing that habit. So one of the things that you can implement in your day, super simple, get outside. Getting outside is huge for our mental health. Being outside in the winter, in the rain, in the snow, in whatever, five minutes is really, really good for you. It helps to reset your vagus nerve. It helps to reset how you feel. It helps to release a lot of tension in your body. So if you can do that, that can make a big difference in your day. If you can go for a walk, even just going for five, 10 minutes, in the evening, in the morning, whenever. But getting those things implemented in your yeah. day has a big effect on you altogether, <laughs> right? Big one that a lot of people do, watching the news. This one is going to kill a lot of you because a lot of people watch news religiously. Yeah. And that's a big stress creator, huge because I don't know if you noticed, but most of the things they put on the news are negative things. 90% yeah. is I negative. I used to be a news junkie. And that's I how news is no made. no longer a news junkie. Right? Um, yeah, because if they... it smells, it sells, and that's what they report <laughs> on. So <laughs> that's kind of, yeah, that's the issue there. I was lucky enough to find one podcast called uh, Canada Land, where they actually criticize mainstream media. Um and it's Canadian based, so I kind of like it. And they actually, they they actually complain about the media, even though they are kind of a small media group. So <laughs> that's that's how I choose to get my 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 news now, because uh, yeah, there's not a lot of good news coming these days. So I've I've just stopped religiously watching. I'll still check it out, you know, CTV every once in a while on the app, but yeah, yeah no. <laughs> yeah, it's too easy to fall down that rabbit hole, right? Yeah. 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 And and here's the thing. The news never tells you that the O yeah, train yeah. ran perfectly on time and it never stopped or bro yeah, broke yeah, down. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. It's like the police. But it will we, always we tell you when it's broken. people when they had a good day, right? So. <laughs> right. <laughs> they don't, people don't call us when they're having a great day. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And the news doesn't yeah. tell you when the ferry was on time for a week. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. Right? It's true. And, We're kind of obsessed did, with the negative. Nobody would watch it yeah. because nobody would care. Right? Yeah. <laughs> That's the sad truth. Yeah. Yeah. So if you take down your news watching time down to half to even less, yeah, it's it will make an actual pretty big impact in, in your past, life. You know, help you keep informed. And now it's gotten yeah. to the point where it's it's too much. That 24-hour news cycle is too much. Yeah. Well, if you if you notice, you can hear it everywhere. You can hear it when you're out shopping, when you're in a bar, there's always news there. Mm -hmm. You have it in your car. There's always a way that they can reach you, which is kind of scary because they're always there telling you all this negative stuff into your brain. Yeah. And what that's doing, it's programming your brain to think about the negative things. Right on. Right. Well, I... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Stay off the news. Stop or at least the news watching. It right? It's good to have some <laughs> knowledge of it. the world events. But yeah. once you've yeah. got a handle on what's happening this week, you could probably shut it off. Sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Right on. Well, I really appreciate having you on. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, everybody should go and check out your site. Uh, hopefully, some people reach out. You know, maybe some people need some help. And if they have the means, maybe. I mean, we spend. <laughs> I've said this numerous times, like, uh, especially police officers. We, we spend money on some dumb stuff that yet we won't spend even some you know you won't spend a hundred dollars to go do something you know for your health <laughs> but you'll spend you know eight hundred dollars on a ps5 to sit and play with so yeah we gotta start taking care of ourselves for sure so appreciate having you on thanks so much yeah Thank you very much for having me here, Daniel. It was great to speak with you today. And I'm so happy to be able to bring you guys some good tips and tricks to help you through your day. And honestly, just if you need help, reach out. Don't hesitate to reach out. Don't second guess how you feel. Do what you think is right. Because at the end of the day, it's your life. It's your livelihood. And you need to take care of you. Yeah. Absolutely. And don't think about anybody so, else gotta because be it doesn't family, matter. So right on. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the We Rush In podcast, where we explore the physical and mental demands of being a first responder. I hope that you found today's discussion and interview informative and inspiring. Remember, maintaining fitness, training, and overall health and wellness is essential for first responders to be able to serve their communities to the best of their ability. Stay tuned for another episode on the 1st and 15th of every month, featuring more interviews and insights from Canadian first responders and service providers. In the meantime, please visit our website for more information and resources on first responders, health and wellness, and don't forget to follow us on social media for updates and additional content. Thank you for listening. Stay safe out there.